Welcome to the Highland Church Podcast, where we share biblical teaching to glorify God and to bless you. This year, we're talking about my part, God's plan. God has a purpose for you, and that purpose is a part of God's bigger plan for the world. Now, if you connect with what you hear today, I hope you'll join us online Sundays at 10 a.m., or that you'll join us on-site right here in Memphis, Tennessee. Now, let's jump into today's teaching, and don't forget, you're part of God's Thanks for being here today. Today, one of the best days of the year. This is Life-Giving Sunday. And so if you're our guest today, you've heard a little bit about this this morning. You heard from one of our missionaries. I'm literally breathing really hard right now. You heard from one of our missionaries, Nathan Luther, who's in the Philippines, who blessed us and led us into the Lord's Supper. And so what you give today supports Nathan, but it also supports others. And you're going to hear about that in just a moment. If, if you're our guest today, we're thankful that you're here. We're really thankful. And I know what you're thinking. is like, oh, they're asking for money. We're, we're actually not asking you if you're our guest for money. Although if you feel compelled, you can certainly give. This is just something this church cares so much about. But they open up their pocketbooks and they give generously. And through those generous gifts, we, with God's help, are able to do great things for the kingdom of God. And so this is... It's one of my favorite days of the year. If you want to give today, let me say something about that first, and then we're going to jump in. If you want to give today, there's two ways to do that. You can drop a check or cash in the boxes that are in the back this morning, or online, go to highlandcc.org forward slash give. And there you can put in your payment information, and there's a little box that says fund on it. And if you click on fund, one of the options is outreach, life giving. And so I encourage you just to click on that, and the money that you give today is going to go to bless missionaries in Memphis, ministries in Memphis, and missionaries around the world. So it's a fun day. Hey, what we're about to do for the next few minutes is going to be awesome. Let's jump in, okay? We had some Zoom calls with some of our missionaries, and the first of those is from Kostya. Kostya is one of our missionaries in Ukraine. I've talked about him a lot over the last few months. We've been praying for him. He's one of our missionaries there in Ukraine, and he's the one who's still in Ukraine now. What Kostya does each and every day is help people to get to the border. He's also transformed the Bila Serkva Church, which is still meeting as a church, and you're going to hear about that in a moment. He, with the local church there, they've transformed that church building into a hostel, so that the people who are fleeing refugees from the eastern side of Ukraine, fleeing west, can stay there overnight, be fed, stay for up to a week, and then continue on their journey, and he helps them on the way. This church has raised over $100,000 for Ukraine. That giving has made all of that possible. But he's also supported through this Life-Giving Sunday. So, so what pays the bills for Kostya, what keeps the lights on at the church is the money that you're giving right now. That's what makes the difference for him. So he's in the heart of this conflict in Ukraine, and we called him up the other day, and uh, you're going to get to hear that conversation. So let's watch it together now. Hey, Kostya, we are so glad to talk to you. We have been praying for you constantly here at Highland, and so to see your face is a great blessing to me personally, but also to our church. So thanks for joining us. Well, uh, I'm, I'm so sorry I couldn't, I couldn't visit with you all in February. Uh, it was quite uh, a disturbing time and it proved to be uh, like a proper you know worry uh, because uh, basically 10 days after I came back uh, urgently the war had started so right right but I miss you all 
I right. miss you all. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, we told we told the church about that, and some some may have forgotten the details that you were coming to Memphis. You were in the states coming to Memphis, and found out that flights back into Ukraine were being canceled, and we had to get you on one of the last flights back, as I recall. And so we were thankful that you were able to make it back. And of course, yeah. though, now we're we're deeply concerned for you and for your country. And um, tell us about. I know that you've been um, helping with the evacuations. What what does that look like? G- give us kind of a give us a window into your daily life while you were helping people to evacuate. Uh, it was hectic. <laughs> it was crazy, really. Uh, well, first of all, we couldn't find. It's not too efficient to use uh, cars. I have just uh, a, a small van that can sit uh, four people, five. You know, if they really squeeze in and or. Uh, uh, keep their children on their on their laps but that's not not quite you know comfortable but but then uh, most uh, I, I never heard anyone complain uh, because uh, the main goal was actually to get out of uh, the dangerous places how many of those trips do you think you have made from Bela Surf but towards the I know, I know that uh, I, I I planned to change the timing belt on my car in autumn uh, but I had to change it while I was in while I was still in Ternopil. Mm. <laughs> Even though it's just five or six hours trip, but sometimes it would turn uh, into a twenty-four hours trip mm. because uh, because of the traffic jam. So so many people were trying to escape uh, uh, to go west and uh, you know to safe safety places. Mm. Um, so it was really 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 crazy. Tell us about how how was it having to part from your family at the border? How was that? Uh, relief. Mm. I mean, of course it's sad because you don't know when when you're gonna meet them again. I could not leave the country, uh, just like most uh, men uh, between uh, eighteen and sixty. Um, of course, it was. I didn't know when when I'm gonna see them again. Uh, but that was quite a relief. Mm. That was a great relief for me. I knew what I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna be doing, and but that was a relief. Mm. I was at peace. Mm. Mm. I knew that they were in safety, and that was all that mattered at, uh, at that time. Right. So tell us about uh, the church in Bilasirkva that you serve. Tell us about how the church is doing right now. Obviously, many of the families have been scattered, and many have have um, been able to leave the country. Are you able to keep in touch with all of these families? How's, how's everyone doing? And are there any still there in Bila Cirque and how are they doing? Well, the first few weeks we were basically totally in dispersion. Uh, we missed the first Sunday and the next Sunday I was there. Uh, and uh, uh, I think it was, it was the first worship and there were only uh, three, four of us. Mm. You know, we lost some, hopefully temporarily, but we have gained so huh. many. Hmm. T- uh, One of the things that I miss the most uh, is uh, children, you know, the noise that children make in the church. Mm. <laughs> mm. You know, when they cry, when they laugh, when they play uh, play around. Uh, it's one of the things that uh, we miss the most, children. Mm. <laughs> mm. Tell me about, I know that there's been some efforts to transform the church building into a, a, 
you know, a hostel or a place where people can stay as they are in transit out of the country. Can you tell us a little bit about how that's going? We're in the process, and we hope to 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 be to be done to be over uh, uh, by the end of this week. Uh, the purpose for the hostel is to let people stay there up to one week, with inevitably with uh, exclusions. Of course, you know, of course, there would be mm-hmm. people that would ask you know stay longer mm-hmm. but the idea is to let them just uh stay have food have peace uh and be able to uh refocus uh, i know that uh, you know but just you know being uh in you know in that same situation and mm-hmm. going through the same uh, through the same story uh, i know that the first day the first few days are very dis- disorienting you uh, I remember one of the feelings that I had heading to the towards the border was like you're going in to nowhere. You don't know what's go, what's going to happen. You don't know what you know because you had things planned, sure. and then you wake up in the morning because uh, because of the missile strike half a mile away, and you know you have you have kind of a, an earthquake in your apartment building, mm. and it's it's terrifying. And it, but it, it just, uh, it shakes, shakes up your life. It, everything goes, goes wrong, and you cannot plan anything. And this feeling of uncertainty uh, is just so overwhelming. And then you come down, you have a place to sleep, uh, you, you have food, it's warm. Uh, all, all you need. Mm-hmm. That's all you need. Mm-hmm. And then, and then you start developing ideas. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna move on there. What we intend to do is not just to let them stay, but also work with them. Uh, we're planning, uh, I don't know, like counseling, a kind of counseling classes. I'm very glad I was able to attend uh, a seminar, a series of seminars on PTSD and, uh, and uh, trauma uh, uh, treatment. And so there are simple things we can do. I'm not a psychologist. I wish I, I was a psychologist, but there are simple things you could do, you know, just listen to someone and uh, and say that you know certain things yes even just to listen to someone yeah the mm-hmm, doctor doctor mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that, bring, that brings a, a relief that someone is listening yeah. actually is listening so we we, we want to help with that uh, and also if someone would need uh, transportation help uh, you know to to the west uh, since we are uh, aware of all the logistic logistical nuances, we will be able to assist with that. What would you say to Highland, you know, who who loves you a great deal and is praying for you a great deal and praying for your country, the brothers and sisters in Christ there? What would you say to us? Well, first of all, I'm I'm so grateful to God and to Highland uh, that uh, it's just. This one thing that makes so much difference that we are not alone in this. It makes so much difference, really, so much difference. Mm. And for the families, for uh, you know, who had uh, you know direct financial support from Highland, but also just knowing that someone is praying for you, and uh, I keep you know texting back and forth with David, uh, just having someone who really cares i'm i'm looking forward to to being with you all <laughs> you know to seeing you all again uh wayne simpson 
uh, sent me, one of your elders sent me an email and he said, uh, your bedroom is still waiting for you. Mm. <laughs> That's right. So, I believe it. Yeah. What do you need from us? What What more do you need? Prayers. I've uh, I have witnessed so many times that you know how God answers prayers. Uh, not once I was uh, you know on that edge where you don't know if you if you're gonna live. Uh, hmm. But I know that you all have been praying for me, and that that made a great difference. Um, and then you know after that you go reevaluating things and you know. Because if if God made you stay, then there's a purpose in that. Mm. So uh, that's one of the witnesses that I've had of prayers uh, really changing, making difference. Mm. That's that's very very significant. Mm. Kostya, before before we leave, I wanted to say this prayer of blessing over you, and this is a, from a passage that I know that you'll recognize. But as I have prayed over you just daily, every morning as our church is praying over you regularly, that these are the words that come to mind for me. And they're the words that I've, I've turned into a prayer for you. And, and so let me read them over you. The Lord is your shepherd and you shall lack nothing. He makes you to lie down in green pastures. He leads you beside quiet waters. He refreshes your soul. He guides you along the right paths for his name's sake. And even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you will fear no evil, for you are with the Lord. His rod and his staff comfort you. He prepares a table before you in the presence of your enemies. He anoints your head with oil and your cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow you all the days of your life, Kostya, and you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's our prayer for you, my brother. Thank you, Eric. Mm -hmm. I appreciate it very much. You bet. That's a good guy right there. <laughs> That's somebody who deserves our support. I'm telling you, your, your gifts of support to him are enabling him to do a great work in the middle of a war right now. And you're part of that. And I want to thank you for that. And I want to beg you to continue to pray for Kostya. Let's shift gears a little bit. Let me talk to you about another one of our missionaries this morning, our international missionaries. This is Jad Mesa in Papua New Guinea. So Jab directs, along with his wife, Becky, they direct the Melanesian Bible College, which is a training school that's been operating in Papua New Guinea for 36 years. The trains preachers and church planners to go all over that country into the jungles and mountains of Papua New Guinea planting churches. And over the years, dozens of churches have been planted on that island, and we have, we've been their supporter all that time. Jab's son, Abraham, he's about 40 years old, has three sweet little girls and a beautiful wife. He's also on faculty at the Melanesian Bible College, and your gifts support all of the faculty at the Melanesian Bible College, not just Jab and Becky. In his first week of classes, I shared a little bit of this with you, but his first week of classes a few weeks ago, he got really sick. They thought he'd had a stroke. He began to lose control over his limbs. He couldn't even lift himself up the stairs, so they rushed him to the hospital, and it turned out he had a very rare disease or sickness and there is a medication for that sickness. That medication was not in Papua New Guinea. It was, however, in Memphis, Tennessee. And so through the work of Dr. Gerald Jerkins, one of our shepherds here, and because 
and this is really important, because you all had given not only to our previous goal and our last special contribution, but you had given beyond it. It was because of that that we could afford this medication, which was thousands of dollars. So we bought that medicine, we sent it to Jab, and Abraham's now receiving that medicine and is doing a lot better. And so we shot this video at the beginning of the week. I've heard updates. He's, he's even improved since this video. But you're going to hear from Jab in this video. You're also going to see Abraham's wife. And uh, here's some thank yous. You're going to see the doctor who's using the medication. The first time this medicine's ever been used in Papua New Guinea. You made that possible. So let's watch this video. Well, it's good to see you, my friend. Since our, since our internet is not doing great, since the network is not doing great, let's, let's go quickly out to get an update. Why don't you give just a short summary of the work that you do at the Melanesian Bible College? Greetings, Highland Church of Christ. This is the Melanesian Bible College, the new classroom that was built by your support and churches around just to give you a pre review, the MBC started back in 1988 from School of Life. It's been 36 years, and MBC has transformed from what it used to be to now this modern classroom. We've been here since 1991 as we joined the team. Dick and I have been working with the college. A very nice classroom God has given to us. And right here, you can see Becky and Marion at work doing the read and write. And this is my class where I'm teaching the book of Ezekiel and Daniel. Becky and I are grateful for your love. We thank you. We thank you so much for all the support over the years. For the members, the elders, missions, and all the hardworking staff of Island, we thank you all. We thank you for your prayers as we continue to join in and go beyond places that we have been to. Crossing rivers, climbing mountains, riding boats, whatever we do, God has been our strength. Tell me how Abraham is doing. I just got back from the hospital. He's on drip and they will start his infusion of the medication today. Last week was uh, doing the blood test. And if there's no side effects, he's going to be moved back to his ward. And tomorrow they'll do the second infusion of the medication. It will go six hours for five days. And after that, if he's uh, doing better, they may ditch the discharge him to come home and uh, wait till maybe another three weeks and he'll go back for a check. But he is uh, recovering at a rate that we are so grateful and thankful for your prayers. He's moving his arms and legs. Uh, he's standing himself. And uh, yesterday was his first uh, bite of food. Mm. His speeches are more clear. Uh, he's back with himself. His senses are back. It's just the body that needs to be recovered. Yes. So the medication will boost it. That's what the doctor said. So thank you very much for the medications. Uh, the doctor himself was excited. This is the first time he has held one in his arms in the country. And 
nice. I send a video, but if it doesn't come, I'll try and send it again to you about the doctor's word of thank you. Thank you very much for the medication. Uh, this is the first time I'm only to one of these. We've been seeing a lot of these cases, but uh, this is the first time. Even in Mosby, we are not using this sort of stuff. So thank you very much. Hello, everyone. Uh, I'm Abraham's wife, Rachel. Uh, I would like to say thank you so much for your help in selling the medication. They just put him on the trip now, and thank you very much for your love, for your prayers. And uh, I am very blessed with my family, and we are so blessed that you are our family as well. We're rejoicing that Abraham's going to receive this medicine, and we're praying that he's going to get better. Um, you're doing a good work, my friend. What you're doing matters. It's important. Thank you. Um, first of all, there's nothing worse than watching yourself on video. And uh, so thank you for enduring that with me. But secondly, you're making a big difference. Uh, not only in Jab and Becky's life and Abraham's life and the life of his girls and wife, but in, in, in the, the gospel in Papua New Guinea, this is a guy who's regularly baptizing people, who's regularly teaching the gospel and, and helping it to be sent all over the island. And you are literally today giving him life because of what you've given. And I just want to thank you for that and celebrate this church. Can we shift gears? One last thing. Well, we got two last things, but one last, one last thing right here related to Life Giving Sunday. Can, we've, we've talked about international stuff. You heard from Nathan, our missionary in Philippines, from Papua New Guinea, from Kostya in Ukraine, from Jab in Papua New Guinea. All right, let's shift gears. Let's talk about what we're doing right here in Memphis, Tennessee, because a significant portion of what you give goes to bless those who are right here in Memphis. And one of our most significant ministry partners in Memphis is HopeWorks. HopeWorks is an organization that exists to give hope and a job. And the hope is in Jesus Christ. The job is to the chronically unemployed, the incarcerated, or those transitioning out of incarceration. We have seen this ministry over the decades of its work here in Memphis transform lives by the power of Jesus Christ and through practical tools that help these people to have jobs and keep those jobs and provide for their families. I mean, it's one of the most incredible ministries in our city, and it's an honor to partner with them. Now, I'll tell you this. A couple of years ago, HopeWorks was invited inside the prisons in our county, one of those being Shelby County Corrections behind Shelby Farms. And one of the things we learned in that process, and we had always known this, one of the things that was confirmed there was that for those coming out of incarceration, we can help them to find a job, we can get them transportation, we can teach them job skills so that they keep their jobs, we can help, help them reconnect and be reconciled to their families. But if they don't have a place to live, the odds that eventually things will go wrong for them again are really high. You don't think about it all the time, how much a stable home provides stability in your life. And when you don't have it, that stability is really hard to come by. I'll tell you the story of one young man, came out of incarceration, we had worked with him in there, came out of incarceration, got a job at a factory, was staying in a transitional house for a few days, it was dangerous, not a good place to be, had to get out of there. And so for weeks, he slept in the waiting room of the factory every night, so he wouldn't lose his job. That's somebody who wants to work and to provide for his family. He didn't have a place to go. Ron Wade and I were inside the correction center one time asking the guys in there. We said, raise your hand if you have a place to go when you get out. 
and about half of them raised their hands. We said, okay, keep your hands up if there's no firearms or drugs in the place where you're going. And every hand went down. Every single one. The question they ask us again and again is, can you help me find a place to stay so I can get back on my feet? So I can actually get back on my feet. So, this is going to be awesome. Y'all remember at our last special contribution, you gave so far beyond our goal. We sent you a, a letter of all the things we we're going to do with that money. We helped to plan a church. We endowed our special needs ministry. One of the things that we said we were going to do was earmark a portion of that money for a gift to Hope Works because we knew they were working on something big. Well, here's the something big. They have decided to move forward with the construction of a transitional living facility for those coming out of incarceration. This is one of the biggest things happening in Memphis right now. This is huge news. It's a big deal. Okay. And so they were, they were gifted the property to do this on, and their board just decided they're going to move forward with it. So you ever watch Publishers Clearinghouse and see those people give the big checks? Haven't you always wanted to do that? I have. So let's do it. How about it? Okay. Hold on one second here. Here's one thing I learned in this process. If you want to surprise somebody with a big check, don't copy them on the email. So Ron Wade knows about this because we made that mistake. He was not involved in this. He's one of our shepherds, so we had to recuse him from the conversations about this. He does know about it, but today we're presenting HopeWorks $100,000 for the Transitional Living Facility. Ron, come up here. Come up here, Ron. Um, hey, Ron, um, Ron knows about this check, but you know what Ron doesn't know about? This. Wow! Look at that! Look at this! Look at that! Ron? Hey, Ron, just a brief word and we're going to move on. Almost like the Grizzly, right? Yeah, I think you're on there. Yeah, you're on. 15. Well, when I saw that email, I was uh, first shocked, wanted to make sure it was correct. Then I was incredibly humbled and grateful. I have to tell you that in the last uh, year or so, I've been memorizing Scripture. One of those that came to mind was in Romans chapter 12, 11 and 12. And that said, never be lacking in zeal. Always keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. That is exactly what Highland is. Highland is a church that has the DNA of not looking inside, but really looking outside. And like the video had, had shown before, you know, this is a, a twice a year where, as Eric said, we bless ministries and other people. It's just an incredibly great, great thing to, to witness. And, and although it's really humbling to be a part of, you know, part, the rest of that scripture talks about being joyful in hope. And I am really joyful for those uh, men and women coming out of incarceration, this will be targeted on the men, that will have hope. And as Eric said, a lot of them just really don't. 97% of those individuals that leave prison will come back to our, to our neighborhood. So it's not like them and us, it's, it's us. And this transitional house in many ways is like a step-down unit in a hospital. You know, if you think of someone in ICU and they get better and then they go to step down and they get a little bit better and then they go to 
a room, and then back. The step-down piece, the transitional house, will be an opportunity to provide more spiritual uh, instruction, more helping. The other part of that is to be patient in affliction. <clears throat> Paul Shanklin, who's in the service that we just left, several years ago he gave a car. He's going to trade it in. He said, you know, I think I'll just give it to HopeWorks. It's drivable. And so we did, and we gave it to a guy that came out of incarceration, and it's a game changer. Transportation is just a game changer. He went to his neighborhood, and within a couple of weeks, it was gone. So rather than offer retribution, he decided he didn't want to go back to prison, so he didn't do anything, and then eventually he ended up leaving town. There are all kinds of affliction that we, by the grace of God, haven't had the experience to witness. And then the last part of that verse is faithful in prayer. Now I want you to think about if you were me standing here and you're holding a $100,000 check, which is basically a down payment on a $1.7 million investment that this transitional house that was gifted to us, as Eric mentioned, needs a lot of work and we're going to double the capacity and serve a lot more people. But having said that, if you were standing here having it, wouldn't you feel an incredible amount of, oh, I still need to work harder, I need to get this return on investment for my brothers and sisters that are here? But I have to tell you, I don't feel that way. I feel like I need to pray harder. Because you know, and I know, that it is not Hope Work staff, it is not the board, it is God that can make that transitional change. I'm really thankful to God for the opportunity to give hope to other men coming out of incarceration. And I thank you for your partnership in this endeavor. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Ron. Yeah. You take that. I, I don't know if the bank actually takes those checks or not, so good luck with that. Hey, thank you for being part of that. How do you feel right now? Don't you feel good? Let me just show you this, and then we're going to do something real special. We're going to go a few minutes over. I'm sorry about that. It's going to be worth it. Let me show you. Here's what you're feeling right now. This is what Paul says to Timothy, a young minister, 1 Timothy 6. He says, command your church, okay, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and look, to be generous and willing to share. Because in this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that, pay attention to this, so that they may take hold of the life that's really life. I think that's what you're feeling right now. Like the joy of sharing in this great work of God through being generous and willing to share, the joy that you're feeling is a taste of the life that's really life. And that's what you're gonna experience today when you give. I'm so thankful for this church. They give so generously. We're going to make a big difference.